0: Again, this evening we turn our attention to a psalm of Advent, this psalm assigned to this previous Sunday, Advent 3. As you find it printed out in its entirety in the worship folder, pages 6 and 7, we'll read it together. I'll read for you. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge, to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. My my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, teaches, reaches to the heavens. You have done great things. Who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you I, whom you have delivered, my tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. For those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. The word of the Lord. I can almost hear his voice without needing any device to play it for me. It's a little-known Christmas song. You wouldn't really call it a carol. It has something of a jazzy beat to it, especially when it's the Velvet Fog, Mel Torme singing it. i got it on a number of different albums. Christmas is made for children is the title, and it's the gist of the song as well. That everything about this season, everything about this month, everything is building to what the children are expecting. And in a lot of ways, that's awfully true. Think of your own childhood, if you are not a child yourself. How you counted down the days and looked forward to so many different things. Certainly, thinking about whether or not those around you who would be preparing gifts for you have actually been listening to you or looking at that list they had you make for them. But there's other things, too. I mean, I think about my childhood, and I think, I know for a fact my mother never made less than 25 different varieties of Christmas cookies. And there are all kinds of other things, candies and the meals were amazing and very memorable. But there's just so much about this season that leans towards... Youth, childhood, expectations. But the psalmist would disagree that the deliverance of our God that is at the center of this event we're about to observe is mainly and mostly for children. But notice, he celebrates the fact that he has known this deliverance from his youngest childhood That he has always known the God of his salvation, this rock, as he calls him, of refuge. And then you see how he lays out for us how important it is to embrace God's deliverance from infancy to old age. Because in every stage of life, we have reason to both acknowledge how difficult life is and how God is the answer to those difficulties but also in any given moment, our only true hope, our only true foundational perspective of hope can be found in what God does for us, what God has promised us, what we know through His Word is awaiting us. As we read from Joshua, a perspective of a man who had lived a rich, full life Recall that he was very old when he said to the Israelites, I am a very old man. He had been Moses' second in command for a good long time before he himself was given the charge of leading the people of Israel into the promised land. That land promised them would be flowing with milk and honey because it would be a land that as they entered it, they would take over farm and field, flock and herd, Vineyard, city, country, anything and everything would be available to them because the nations before them would be caused by their, God's reputation to simply walk away and give the Israelites so much of what they wanted and needed without any resistance whatsoever. And so the abundance was all but unbelievable. And yet, Notice how this man who had seen a lot of life knew exactly the challenges the Israelites would face in the days ahead as they would forget the God who had brought them to this moment, keeping every single one of his promises he had made to them. And they would turn to the cultures and the gods that remained around them and get twisted around the flagpoles of so many different philosophies and ideas and ways of worshiping things that were absolutely not God. So you see the pattern in the Word of the maturing believer understanding the realities of life, the challenges and temptations of the world around us, and the simple reality that God's deliverance is the only thing that's really going to make the difference. And it is something we need to have as our foothold from the earliest days of our lives until the very end. In you I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Think of those verses and you, you realize there's a daily need for our understanding of that refuge to which we can run for safety for certainty, for comfort and consolation. He goes on to say, For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Do you think of your God in that way? As the one who determined the moment you would come into this world? Determined everything really about you. Your abilities, your opportunities, the relationships that revolve around your life. He has blessed you in so many ways. He has given you every reason to be reliant on him for absolutely every single thing since the day you were born. And so you also have reason to always be someone who praises your God and yet the reality is every day we walk this earth we have so many things that challenge our perspective our understanding of pain loss aging do not cast me away when i am old do not Forsake me when my strength is gone. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. Those are also words that echo in our hearts and our minds with understanding of the variety of things that weary us and may cause us to wander as we also wonder about whether God is really intently involved in every last moment of our lives and every endeavor. He sees how our bodies slow down, our minds slow equally, that the weight of life and the challenges of life cost us dearly, step by step through the days of our lives. We don't want God to be far away at any moment, so that every moment that we come to realize how much we need him, his answers to us are immediate. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. He says that right after he talks about the accusers who perish in shame. Who are your accusers? You can probably think of people, but ultimately it's also about the devil and his demons, who watch and see in a similar way to the angels, your your private moments the things you hide from everyone else, you know that they know, and they figure out ways to throw it in your face. And yet, you stand perfect before your God. He's given you righteousness, deliverance, so that you can always have hope. Look further how he puts it together. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. The psalmist recognizes he's bringing nothing to the party. It's all about what God has done for him and what God has given to him. Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. You and I know that without God's intervention, without God becoming one of us for the purpose of generating the righteousness that we need to cover us, to envelop us, we will never be right with God. It will never be of our doing or our thinking or making. It will always be what God's marvelous deeds are and all that he's done And how he has taught us that every day of our lives, even when I am old and gray. Do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. He's giving you purpose as well as perspective. That every day you live in this world, every day that you grow in your understanding of God's love for you and his plans for you and everyone else, and his promises to you. You have a growing ability to be the voice of God's praise and the voice of God's proclamation in the world for the generations who are to come. Because your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you? And then in balance, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. And he's not just talking about this earthly life and resolution to problems. He goes on to say, from the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. Ah, this journey that we're on, that may be full of sadness, maybe many and bitter those troubles when our mind and our heart is focused on the resurrection from death and the embrace of our God welcoming us into his holy presence forever because of his righteousness that is beyond our ability to understand. You and I have everything we need to live the way the psalmist calls us to live an Advent perspective of life, desiring God's presence, desiring God's coming to us over and over and over again in his word so that we might be certain of our resurrection to eternal life as our motivation to Praise. I will praise you with the harp. Why? Because of your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with the lyre. Why? Because you are the holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I whom you have delivered, my tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. For those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. anyone that wishes to harm you, human or spirit, familiar or unknown, when it's all said and done, you have a God who holds them in check, who works every last thing of every element of your existence for your eternal good and his eternal promises and purposes in your life, so that you might have confidence in proclaiming him to the world around you as the one true answer, the one true deliverer. I read those verses, and I see and I hear someone with a completely unfettered and unconcerned approach to praising God and proclaiming him. And what that brings to my mind immediately, just chairs set up in this chancel, and many like it at this time of the year, especially when it's the early childhood education Christmas service. Those pre kindergartners to third graders that stand or sit up here, and it's almost like you're watching the Peanuts characters, heads thrown back, singing with every ounce of their energy, with complete abandon, unconcerned about what anyone might see or think of how, they're praising their Jesus, their baby brother Jesus, who's come to save them, and they know it because the angels have told them so, and they're going to tell you so with complete, unashamed, confident, faithful. Conviction. What does it take for you to have that kind of attitude towards t- telling your world? Not a general stand-on-the-corner-with-a-megaphone approach, but rather in your relationships, with your opportunities. To not just let your faith kind of leak through every now and then, but to actually live the kind of bold confidence and proclamation that the psalmist calls us to hear. The important thing to consider isn't the what, it's the why. God has given you every reason. He has laid out for you in his word a deliverance that is complete and eternal. And no matter what troubles many and bitter you may see, No matter where you may be in the spectrum of life, whether you be very young or very old, all of this applies. And every last detail of it is true every single day. No matter what you may be experiencing, you still have reason to be confident, to always have hope. You always have lips that are shouting for joy, the praises of the God who has delivered you. Telling of his righteous acts, and telling anyone and everyone who's willing to listen how every enemy that every one of us has, has been defeated by a righteous, faithful God who desires you to embrace his deliverance, to know it fully, deeply, and completely every single day of your life. Amen.